You're listening to the Simply Flawsome Show, a podcast designed for you to listen, learn, and leverage. Please welcome your host, Zoe Turner. Welcome to season two of the Simply Flawsome podcast. This is episode five, where I have a really exciting guest here today. Very much looking forward to uh, to speaking to her about her new initiative. First of all, I'd like to thank Rove Hotel in Dubai Marina for allowing us to record this episode and all future episodes in the hotel. Thank you so much for their cooperation and sponsorship for the Simply Flawsome Cod podcast. So without further ado, let's welcome today's guest, Armin Jamula. Hi, Armin. Armin is the CEO and founder of itsherway.com, itsherstore.com, and itsherskill.com. So rather than me tell you what it's about, I'm going to let Armin do that for you. Thank you. Um, So Zoe, It's Her Way is a multicultural platform for women entrepreneurs in the region. It's, It's something that actually gives endless support and it gives more than functional, more than, you know, financial. It gives that motivational and, and emotional support that women want in their entrepreneurial journeys. Now, we saw that that wasn't really enough. So we had to give them sort of additional support when it came to selling their products and services and so on and so forth. So we've kind of created an ecosystem through that. Um, over the past two years, we have launched two websites, one being It's Her Store. That's the product marketplace for small and medium enterprises, only women. And It's Her Skill has just been launched in August this year. Um, it is exactly the same, but for services and for freelancers, for people who have talents, who are hobbyists, who are professionals, who want to you know, provide their skills as services. So these two things actually help them build their commercial part of things. There's a lot of things that get in, you know, that there's a lot of things that are involved in running a business, making it successful, making it a thriving one, promoting it. So all of these things, we try to support them in certain ways. We call our mantra the three C's. We try to support women through commerce, through collaborations, which we do, with brands, with organizations. We've collaborated with Dubai Business Women's Council. We've collaborated with Astrolabs. We have many, many other collaborations. We try to bring that to their benefit. And through that, we are building a community, an ecosystem. Okay, fantastic. What challenge do you think, or have you identified that female entrepreneurs face in the region? I think the one challenge that most of us have faced is the kickoff and the confidence in kicking off. So you mean getting started? Yes. Um, You know, you have an idea. You know, you feel that it's right. But somehow there are some times when you cannot possibly articulate it to another person to get that validation or you don't know how to create a business plan, for example. Um, it's most most often the first steps 
that are the biggest challenges. And um, that's what we try to help them in. Most of our women entrepreneurs are starters. And are those first steps, are those linked to confidence, would you say? I think they are linked to not confidence in themselves. Um, it's linked, it, it actually, no, it actually is linked to not knowing if you can do it or if she can do it. And it is linked to confidence in taking that, you know, new step. That initial, that initial step, yes. Okay. So your passion is working with females and it's basically con from concept to implementation. Yes. And you help them do this digitally online. Yes, yes. And you know, there are many steps and many challenges you face over a period of time. We try to give them as much support throughout the platform. And then the end result is when they display their products and when they actually have their own website where they are showcasing the products that they've created. Mm -hmm. How important... So, you know, your initiative, it's to, um, it's to enable women to network and benefit through driving commerce, collaborations, and to build a larger community of businesswomen within this reason, region. How important, important do you feel that collaboration is in business? It's very important. I think it's one of the biggest strengths, you know, that we try to bring about what what do you what do you what does collaboration mean to you so collaboration means not trying to compete mm -hmm. but trying to support and synergize mm -hmm. um, to give you an example a, a business enterprise a recent example uh, one one female she came she came up to us with a business idea she has she's a designer she has great design efforts and she's she's done a few lines of you know uh, clothing she has been really really um, not been able to achieve maximum profit for you know because of sourcing because of many other reasons so we try to help her out in collaborating with other people who can give that supply and other entrepreneurs other female entrepreneurs who can be those partners and those vendors. And when we do that through our platform, we see that there's a huge, um, there's a huge benefit that we're giving both these women when we're giving them the leads and the business is profitable for both of them. That collaboration, the other is when, in fact, on uh, two weeks ago, we had a photo shoot and that photo shoot we usually do models, but this time around and from this point on, we're going to use sellers shooting and uh, modeling for other sellers on our website. So business women who sell their products on our site, they are going to be modeling for other products of other vendors. So, you know, within the website, we're trying to collaborate with each other to bring the best product out. And it was an amazing feeling when that happened because... When you collaborate from within and when there isn't that uh, feeling of competition, mm -hmm. you get a lot more mm -hmm. out of things. Mm. And then the other collaboration we do is, uh, you know, the commercial collaborations. When we try to get funding, when we try to get access to information about legalities, we try to get people collaborated with organizations when they can get more business from them and so on and so forth.
Thank you, Armin. As you know, the underlying theme of this podcast is mental health. And mental health um, seems to be quite a common... Uh, how do I describe this? seems to be quite a common... Um, mental health issues seem to be quite common with, it, with entrepreneurs because the life of an entrepreneur is very much up and down. Um, how, what impact do you think that a woman's career has on her mental health? Wow, I think in any stage of life, if you're not mentally stable and if you are not in your best mental state, it will get affected in every other state of your life. If you don't have peace of mind, you might not be, you know, in your optimum position to pro probably design, being a designer, you probably will not be able to design the best kind of outfits that you have to. And everything affects, you know, in some way or the other, your mental health. Um, what I'm trying to say is everything gets affected if your mental health is not right. Mm. Um, and I've seen that a lot in, in the experience that I've interacted with the women on our on our portals. Um, there's a lot of reassurance that they need to get that confidence. And for me, I can directly relate confidence and mental health in a way that if you don't have, if you're not, you know, if you're not able to be confident within yourself, it will affect you negatively. And then it would affect your mental health and, you know, stability. I guess what I'm getting at is more as a woman, mm -hmm. as a woman and having a career, because so many women, um, you know, they have families, they stay at homes. Many of the, the women that you work with um, are mothers, the mompreneurs, yep. and they've lived very much the whole of their lives in the shadow of their husband. The, shadow, mm -hmm. the husbands have been the main earner. Yep. Um, they've been like the, you know, the, 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 the housewife, so to speak, the carer mm -hmm. at home. Um, so do you actually notice a difference when you see a woman shift from being a housewife, from being a carer to the kids and then setting up her own company? Um, do you see a difference in terms of oh, kind absolutely. of the mental health and the confidence? Oh, absolutely. There's two types of, you know, experiences of women that we've seen. People who are hobbyists and then who want to make those passions and those hobbies, you know, want to make profits out of those hobbies. And they have been dependents, you know, from the beginning. Those women, their journeys are entirely different because that is, you know, that, that first sense of, financial independence that they've got with having their own small and medium enterprise that is amazing the it's a, it's a different change in that woman you see you see from you know the before and after she's much more confident she's much more outgoing she knows that she can make it you know without probably having entire support from her husband which she usually thought that was it the other side is women who've you know, who are currently stay-at-home moms or people who've taken, women who've taken sabbaticals for a while and they've been out of jobs either for, you know, for pregnancy and post, 
delivery and trying to want to be with their children as they are young and then want to get back to, you know, the work life and haven't been able to because that's when they've felt that they've dropped out of the wagon and, you know, there's going to be a disconnect. A lot of them try to have entrepreneurship as a step back into the journey of making money for themselves. That, again, is a different kind of a confidence reboost that you get because they've already been working and then a couple of years three to five years they've been stay at home they've lost it all or they've you know they've forgotten how it used to be so that kind of reboost of confidence is also seen and the prior as I mentioned is when you see someone who's never done it and who's now saying I can do it too or I can do it I never knew I could do it Beautiful changes, beautiful transformations. The one thing that I want to call out between these two experiences is the acknowledgement is required for both of them and the reassurance. And I think that's something that we as women can give them better because we probably have gone through that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Amen. This region is is a particularly good one for promoting entrepreneurship amongst expat women. Yeah. Um, Especially a lot of, I don't want to sound out of hand when I say this, but a lot of Western women, I know, I mean, I guess I'm talking from experience because I'm from the UK and I know, you know, a lot of kind of, you, you know, people that have had jobs back home, they come over here and those jobs are now filled with um, kind of Filipinos and Indians because the companies feel that they can pay them a lower amount mm-hmm. than, you know, than the than the Westerners. So it's kind of pushing them in many ways out of the, the workforce, mm-hmm. which in many, you know, a lot of people, you can either sit and grumble about it or you can think, well, what else can I do? Mm-hmm. And, you know, one answer to that is to take responsibility and, and maybe just start something yourself. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what we've seen also. And um, surprisingly, a lot of Indians, I mean, in the UAE, if you, if you have to literally just look at the UAE as an example, about 45 plus percent of the population is from the Indian subcontinent. And then the the other is the Filipinos and uh, the non-Asian expats that you were mentioning, they're they're quite, they're much smaller in proportions. Um, I mean, the sheer population has a mix in them. And the fact that you're, you've seen that as an expat, as a British expat, Indian women also go through the same thing. And we've seen that a lot of entrepreneurs that have come on our website are Indians as well as British expats facing the same challenges. You know, it's it's very interesting when you when you see that, and it doesn't matter where you're from. It just it's just the same emotion. You connect on the emotional level, and it's not about it's not about where you're from. It really, isn't. It's about I have the confidence, I want to do it. I can't get back into the workforce, fine. I want to do it on my own. A lot of people are still not able to take that decision. Mm-hmm. They're just in that zone that I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Should I get back to a job? Should I try looking for a job? Should I go back with my kids, go back home, let my husband be here? 
I'm sure these questions are, they're common, they're very common. And that brings a lot of drain, again, to mental health for women who are, who've probably had, had to have left their thriving careers back home and just follow their husbands here. Hmm. What do you mean by ideal? Would it be a small, I guess what I'm getting at when I was thinking about that question, would it be, uh, say, a mompreneur who's, you know, got a small business idea? Or would it be somebody that had grandeur's ideas in terms of kind of, you know, really wanting to be kind of, um super successful and make lots of money yeah i think the ideal customer or the ideal shipreneur that mm-hmm. you know we personally love to work with as a team mm-hmm. back in office is someone who is willing to take the risk because with that your adaptability your sensibility towards business your approach is entirely different if you want to just be, you know, you've got a few products from back home and you just want to sell them off and then maybe the next time you go, you're going to pick up something else, bring it back. And that's just what you want to do. And that's just what you want to be. There is an ambition, there isn't scale and there isn't a risk, ap- you know, appetite for going beyond. That is somewhere where we feel our efforts and our support kind of, you know, goes into sort of a waste because then that passion is not really a passion it's just something that they want to do on the side so I always whenever we do recruit you know shipreneurs whenever we speak to these individual uh, entrepreneurs we make sure and we we take a lot of time in assessing their business intentions because if it's a short-term intention um, as long as you're willing to take the risk and pivot and if you have that you know, objective, it's fine. If it's only just, I, w- I want to bring something from there and sell it here just for a bit and then I'll see what I want to do. But sometimes it starts small and it gets bigger and bigger. It does. You know, that's where the difference is. That's, it, it absolutely does. And I'm I not guess saying, it's, a, it's an evolution, isn't it? The exactly. more confident they become and the more, you know, the more they maybe realize that they can actually do with the business and yeah. how they can grow it and yeah. scale it. You know, that's true. And a lot of that comes with collaboration when you're, you know, mixing with, you know, your peers um, who have got kind of like similar interests. You know, I think, you know, your your appetite to grow and for success can, Mm -hmm. can increase. Yes. But on the flip side... There is one thing that you have to be, you have to keep in mind that you want to be an entrepreneur and whether this fails or not, you still want to continue. The reason I say this is because there's a period of time that you need to give to every business. And if you're not willing to give that time, there's never going to be light at the end of the tunnel. Um, And what do you think that period of time is? You have to give it at least, at least a year to 18 months, any business. And patience is, is a virtue a mother already has. 
So try, and most of our, you know, entrepreneurs are mompreneurs. So try and attribute that patience which you have for your kids, for your other child, which is actually your business as well. Yeah, so essentially what you're saying that even though many of the um, mompreneurs, they haven't been in business before, but they, you know, through their job as a mother and um, being like the primary carer, they've developed resources within them that -hmm. they can transfer to the world of entrepreneurship. They absolutely should. And I, time and again, I bring that, you know, relationship back that the patience you have with your kids, you should try and build that for your business as well. Because when you do that, you look at it in a different way. You won't get impatient with it. And impatience, more, more or less, it's the impatience and the hurry for profits and the hurry for, oh, I'm not, I'm, you know, I, I'm not making any sale or I'm, am I doing the right thing and questioning yourself. Do you see a pattern in terms of timescales of people that start Absolutely. and who give up? And quite often, because there's that famous saying, kind of like uh, three feet from gold. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've, you yep, know, yep, it's yep. from Think and Grow Rich from Napoleon Hill. <laughs> they were uh, digging for gold and they stopped and they were literally like three feet yeah. away. <laughs> and um, someone, they sold the equipment on, someone bought the equipment and then started digging in the same area. I'm probably not saying the story correct, but it's around these lines. And anyone who's listened to, the, uh, watched, list, uh, read "Think and Grow Rich" will um, will remember this story. And he, um, yeah, they literally struck gold. It was either oil or gold. I can't remember. And it was literally three feet away <laughs> from where they had stopped digging. And that analogy has been used so much within business where people set up businesses and then, you know, desperation. there's so right? much stress and there's so much yeah. anxiety. They're not making the money that they want to be making. They're under a lot of pressure and they just give up when if only they just kind of, you know, chug along a little bit more for a few more months, mm-hmm. you know, they could possibly start, you know, seeing progress. Mm-hmm. Do you see a pattern? There's a huge, there, there's an evident pattern. If, and we actually have devised, uh, you know, an archetype or personas of our clientele on that basis. Uh, we have three kinds of archetypes, the starters, the hustlers and the she bosses and we've kept them based on a certain timeline and uh, and the demographic so we see a huge difference between each of these okay so tell me about a starter what's a starter a starter is someone who's in you know who has an idea anywhere between zero to one year zero months to one year um, of business operation and sale a hustler is someone who's 18 months one year to three years who's been doing the business um, and a hustler is someone who's an established business who's been doing it for over three years and who wants scale these are the three kinds of you know categories that we have and we call and the other one three starter hustler she boss and the she boss three years plus three years plus yeah and throughout these the questions that we can literally predict the kind of questions and the kind of support each of them need in these stages. The, the ones who've done it, they need scale. 
they know what they're doing, their production line, their supply chain, everything is sorted. Uh, the hustlers, their supply chain might not be it. Their profitability is understood. Their proof of concept is done. But they probably just need to, you know, need another nudge and more reach. That's what they need. The starters are someone who just need help and guidance all throughout. Majority of our, uh, you know, of our database is in the first two, mm-hmm. which is interesting because that's what we want to do. Mm-hmm. That's what we want to kind of build, you know. I was just thinking then, <laughs> do you ever work with women? I mean, I mean, if you were faced with a woman who has like a business idea and she comes to you and, you know, she's very committed to making it work, but you don't actually think it's, it's going anywhere. I get what, that all the time. <laughs> what would you, what would your advice be? Or would you be honest and upfront with them? Yeah. I, what I do is I don't discourage. I try to divert their strengths in different ways. And I try to make them see it from the perspective. I don't tell them, you know, that it's not a good idea. Don't do it. Because that's where, that's what we don't want to do. And that's what we know actually affects their well-being and their confidence. So you don't want to just shut the door on them. You want to try and give them an answer, which they probably want to hear, and give them a boost of confidence that, yeah, you can do it. Maybe you just need to think of these areas and then evaluate it. So there's there's never going to be a, you shouldn't do it or you can't do it. We try to tell them it could be, but let's think of these things. And I kid you not, I have multiple meetings every week just on these lines. You know, when I, I do sessions every day, I do two meetings every day with entrepreneurs who want to sign up. Most of them are coming to me with a business idea and they go down that line, um, you know, of my database where I actually just give them business coaching. Until they're ready, we don't put them online. And we don't we, we discourage them to open an online shop because they're not ready. And that's something that we know is going to set them up for failure. So we don't do that. We discourage that in, in a nicer way. Yep, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. But I guess you would give them the resources to go away, like do this, do this. Yes. Come back once you've achieved this. Absolutely, yes. And if you think the idea is not going to work in the region, um, would you would you say that to them? Yep. Would you be really upfront and yeah. honest? The idea, if it's not workable in the region, I mean, for certain very evident reasons, we tell them that. Mm-hmm. But if an idea can be modified, and if it's just A and B that she's thought of, and the C and D would make a drastic change and a drastic difference, then we try to channelize them towards the B, mm-hmm. you know, C and D. What bit of advice, thank you, Armin, what bit of advice would you give to any woman out there who's thought about starting their own company, who wants to start her own company, but like we've already spoken about before, is has a fear and a trepidation and is scared to get started? You have to take the plunge to know if you'll be able to swim through it or not. If you're just standing on the brink and wondering, will I be able to do it? Will I not? You're never going to get the answer until you do it. So that bit of risk appetite is all you need. That bit of 
you know it's it's kind of like i don't want to scare you i mean some people might be scared of this analogy but it's kind of like skydiving you know once you're out you're out of the plane <laughs> but uh, most people who are scared of heights might not like that but <laughs> i've done skydiving a couple of times and i always feel the same thing the same emotion when i try to make a business decision you take the plunge and then see what comes but the first plunge is something that you have to do it nobody else will be able to do that once you've done that there's going to be a lot of support from people like us support from you know your family your friends there's going to be a lot of it but before you take that plunge you're never going to know i know with myself personally and i can i guess i can only speak from personal experience sometimes it's just it's it's taking the action and it's making that decision you know i have lots of ideas and and i think the older i get and i do think your age really does have an impact on kind of the fear and the amount of thinking that goes into it in many ways i wish i was like like my old self you know i remember when i invested in property in the uk and literally i just bought four properties bang 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 like straight after one another and i didn't even think about it really i just kind of knew what i was going to do um i knew the market was good um but ultimately as life has gone on i i have invested in a couple of um business arrangements and and they haven't been so positive and that has really given me cold feet and uh, in terms of kind of making decisions in the future because business ultimately i know it's all about risk and there's a difference between being risky like being you know like betting on the red and the black and betting on the horses mm-hmm. you know that's a different type of risk than taking calculated risk and um i guess some of the risks i've taken in the past have been incredibly risky um but i but the fear from those going wrong is actually preventing me i feel from moving forward in 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 other areas and just making decisions i find myself very indecisive like even when i'm in a restaurant mm. you know i can't even choose what to eat i guess a lot of <laughs> a lot of us do that a lot of us feel that way but then <laughs> it's funny we feel that way in different parts of our lives um you know the only thing i have said to many of these and i've said to myself and i have to say to myself every single day till today is that you're still going to be alive after you take that decision and that should matter more than anything else because it's money you might lose it's fame or it's it's a cupboard or a or a room filled with clothes that you might want to make and you know you just anything it's just it's all material at the end of the day but the experience if you go through it and after you go through it will be so much more valuable and that is immaterial you will never be able to get that if you haven't taken the plunge and you will never be able to learn from your mistakes also if you haven't made them so i mean looking at it on, the, on you know from the positive side of things and from a positive sense of things you are now more careful of 
you know, the, the decisions that you want to take for investing in property. Now, because of the decisions that went wrong, but that doesn't mean that you will entirely block yourself from it, right? So what I'm trying to say is that there is a balance that we need to strike in our mind when it comes to fear versus fear of the unknown. Fear is good. Fear of the unknown should be just stopped and nipped in the bud. Because fear of the unknown should actually give you the energy to do it more. What's not known will only be known if you actually take the steps. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid of the unknown. And you will only know <laughs> until, you know, if you take those steps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. What do you identify as being the predominant obstacles that prevent women from moving forward in business? I think we've probably covered yeah, we've quite covered a few that. of these. Um, I think the obstacles are internal and I've, I've assessed the more internal ones than the external ones. The one thing that I want to bring out, uh, which is beyond more on the emotional side of things, is the, the ability to risk your finances and... Um, the ability to be confident enough in your financial decision of investing in your business. Because there's always going to be, a, be a, a question in your mind that I could have saved this for my children or I could have saved this for probably doing an MBA or something or some other business, some other uh, you know life decision versus a business risk. But then again, you've got to do if you feel it's right. That's that's something that you just have to be very, very conscious of also. Um, that obstacle in your mind has to be tackled on your own. But once you do, you're going to achieve a lot. Okay. I see you going into thoughts. and Yeah, know, I do. I think cases. lots of different things. Um, you know, when I ask a question, then I get an answer. I start kind of yeah. thinking loads of other questions then off the back of that look we've been chatting now for 34 minutes and I'm trying to keep <laughs> these podcasts to like 30 minutes long so um I talk a lot <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much um, for being a guest and thank you so kindly for coming in and recording this a second time <laughs> I really appreciate it and let's hope that um, you know you've provided some value out there to the mompreneurs or to the possibly any woman that's you know thought about starting her own company but she's been too scared mm. to get started um, yeah you know I hope so too because that's something that we want to do more mm -hmm. than anything else I guess let me let me just ask you one quick question. I mean, they say Dubai's approaching a recession. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what do you, do you think it's a good time right now for a woman to, to set up on her own, given the economic situation yeah, in that's the region? A good, that's a very good question, Zoe. I think, you know, careful, sound investment decisions should be taken in every step of your you know, of your life, it, not only in business, but in investing otherwise. So the market is not the best for people to start up and invest heavily into their businesses and then try to run it and then try to see, uh, you know, a faster return. So if you're going to start off your business now, you have to think of not the 18 months that I mentioned earlier, you probably have to think of probably going green 
um, two, two and a half years into the business. But again, patience is required. Or else just wait it out, wait it out and then, um, you know, start off after a certain point when you're stable enough and when you're confident enough. That's what I would say. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much, Armin. And thank you again to Rove Hotel for allowing us to record the podcast here in their amazing venue. Look forward to be bringing you the next episode with Holly Beanie next week. Thank you. Bye-bye.